I just want to welcome you to the Made for More podcast. This is Pastor Mike, and we are doing a new segment that we are calling Ask Pastor Mike. I'm here with Josh Lavender. What is up? And uh, the purpose of this new uh, little segment that we're doing is uh, we are taking, so from sermons on Sunday, uh, we are collecting when we do Next Steps cards, people will ask questions. Uh, about the message. And so we are, with each of these questions, we're, there are questions that have been uh, you know, offered to us, or at least the summary of questions offered to us yeah. from Next Steps cards uh, as a way for our people to continue to learn and grow. And the truth is, with some of these questions, they're really good. Yeah. And you might have to even give us some time to do some recon and circle back around in a few weeks to give the best answers that we can. Got to do some research, figure these things out. Yes, learn together, which is so yeah. important. Okay, so with that in mind, let's jump into these. We kind of narrowed it down to three specific questions. And uh, so the first one, I'm going to go over all three, and then we'll go back through them again in detail. So Sounds the first good. question um, what does it look, feel like to experience love? Mm. Uh, so the new series that we're in is The Way of Love, and it's a whole series talking about what love, the word love, actually mm. means according to Scripture um, and how our modern world has kind of redefined the word love. You have to listen to the sermon for uh, greater context. Mm-hmm. And so this person uh, wrote in, and this is kind of from a, a couple of different ones, summing it up. What does it look and feel like to experience love? That's mm. the first question we'll talk about. The second one is, what does it look like to love yourself well? Good question. Which is interesting because that's, that's a, a really big deal yeah. uh, in today's uh, in today's world. And then the third question we'll do is, uh, how do you love someone who isn't living a life you approve of? Mm. Uh, which is a really good question, too. So what does it look like to love a child that's maybe way running from the Lord. Yeah. Um, and th- that kind of a question actually is really common, prayer requests mm-hmm. especially, mm-hmm. Um, for loved ones, friends, family members who are just off and they want to love them well, but they don't exactly know what that looks like. Mm. All right, so you ready to get into this? Let's do this. All right, Let's first question, number one, what does it look or feel like to experience love? Mm. Um, what comes to mind? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm thinking first probably of our um, the cultural view, the the normal yeah. way of thinking about experience love, and it's like I feel good. Like yeah. this person makes me feel good. Um, they make me maybe feel confident or like good looking. Right. Like they're giving me good feelings, and maybe there's a part of that that actually is is true. But right. is there more to love? You know, right. So uh, agreed. I do think that the general consensus is. Uh, to experience love, it's almost like a synonym for uh, approved, uh, feels good. Mm. It's a yeah. very experiential, yes. um, in in a positive way. Yes. Like and, and but it is true also that like when you when you think about love according to scripture, it can't always be a good feeling. I mean, the prime example right. of love in scripture is Christ on the cross. Yeah, right. Like so, when you ask the question, "What is the greatest?" example of love in all of human history to a Christian, mm. it's the sacrifice of Christ right. on the cross. Now, mm-hmm. the weird thing in this is I do believe that love rightly embraced will ultimately lead to the purest and best of joys. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like John Piper, mm. his book from years ago, you know, Christian Hedonism. Yes. You know, I am pursuing, I'm sacrificing all these things now for the greatest good that's yet yes. to even come yeah. in heaven. Yeah, it almost seems like when we 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 need to distinguish like uh, 
even the word feel. It yeah. feels like we need to be more specific there because I'm thinking of like we could use the word feel to mean like like a feeling of euphoria or a feeling yeah. of like excitement. Yeah, and dopamine maybe, rush. Yeah, whatever, and yeah. maybe we need to add the word like fulfilling. Yeah. Because I think probably even when you're sacrificial in love, yeah. there is a kind of fulfillment yeah. that is good. But it may not be a euphoric feeling. It may not be like a dopamine rush. It may not be exciting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there is some fulfillment to sacrifice for another person. You know, Ig- Ignatius, and just to jump into a little church history. Yeah. Uh, Ignatius, when he was, so he went from like a knight, right. you know, and, and then uh, through a Spanish cannonball, gets his <laughs> legs, you know, all mutilated. Yeah. And uh, so like from literally like a knight, like a shining armor yeah. knight. Uh, to then like the dark night of the soul yeah. um, to then ultimately even launching like the Jesuits, like I yeah. mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. passionate follower of Jesus. And um, one thing that Ignatius talks about is his transformation had to do with daydreaming about what is good. Mm. So like he talked about when he was first injured all those years ago, he would daydream about, you know, women, you know, like any mm-hmm. young man, you know, yeah. especially non-Christian young man or a, yeah a loose Christian young man daydreaming about women and doing things with women or daydreaming about, you know, valor as a knight and daydreaming. And he talked about how every time he would daydream, I'm doing that in air quotes about a woman or about valor, it would always leave his heart empty in Mm. the end. And then he said, as he began to daydream more and more about what it meant to like sacrifice, like Jesus did and understand Mm. the ways of Jesus. He's like, man, I would get done and I would feel fulfilled after thinking those thoughts mm. as opposed to feeling empty or guilty after thinking the other kinds of thoughts. Mm. That interesting. Yeah. And that that is a difference of like feeling. The feeling is probably not like maybe exciting, but it is fulfilling. So right. and, and mm. what do you and, and because like the interesting thing, especially as you read through uh, some of his work, it's like the difference of pursuing what feels good like satisfying an appetite yeah. versus pursuing something that you know in your heart is objectively the good. Right. And right. when you obse- when you pursue something that is a uh, the good, mm-hmm. there is this fulfillment that happens in your yeah. heart that can be really positive even yeah. though it might come through something really not feeling yes. good. Yeah, and I've heard people describe it before, like your life is like a series of gardens and different people monitor different gardens. Yeah. So you may be monitoring the garden of fun or the garden of emotional fulfillment yes. or the garden of finances or yeah. whatever it is. And so there is something deeply fulfilling when you are sacrificing for another or when you are experiencing love. Yeah. But if you're only monitoring my level of excitement, dopamine rush, or fun, right. you you know, you're, you may not be focusing on that. The, on the broader, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so many metaphors that, I mean, like, a, like I've watched my wife have five babies. Right. And right. I'm telling you, in the height of labor, it right. is anything but pleasure. Yeah. Um, but in the fulfillment of labor, like yeah. when it, when it right. operates as it's supposed to. Yes. And a baby is born and the baby is healthy and you're holding that next generation right. in life, there is a fulfillment. I mean right. you you literally get a watch. I've done it five times. Yeah. You watch a woman go from unbearable pain right. to weeping with joy and satisfaction yeah. and hope. Yeah. That's it's 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 different. It's not yes. about pleasure. There's a, a greater fulfilling yes. 
um, you know, selflessness that, that there's a piece to this puzzle that is woven into our DNA. And so when we talk about experiencing love, it may include a quick dopamine rush. Right. It can. Yeah. It can. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, love could be a meal served to you when you're really hungry. And it does taste yes, good. Yes, and you could be monitoring that thing. Like, I really want this, and then it was given to me. That's right. And that's great. That's great. Uh, but yeah. it is not merely that. Yeah, it's more than that. It's more than that. Yeah. And uh, because you can pursue quick appetite, fulfillment, dopamine yeah. rush, whatever, yeah. in a way that actually pulls your heart further away from experiencing yes. real love. Yes. The last metaphor I can think of in this that I think is really beautiful is if you've seen the, I think it's technically an opera, Les Mis. Um, yeah. There's this one scene where uh, the main character, he steals all of, uh, he's staying with a priest and the priest yeah. takes him in and like being really gracious to him yes. and he steals the candlesticks that yep. are like gold, you know, yeah. the cops chase him down, take him back to the priest. Yeah. And the priest like forgives him and actually lets him go and, and says, he sings a song and he basically says like, the only regret is that, uh, thank you for taking the candlesticks. My only regret is you didn't take the rest of the things I gave you. And in the song, he says, to love another person is to see the face of God. And this guy, the priest in this scene, like he's just been stolen from, but he's experiencing a deep, fulfilling, sacrificial love by showing mercy to the guy who stole from him. Yeah, there is. So uh, love is this embodiment of what is just and true and right Mm. and good as defined by scripture, as woven into human DNA. I mean, like... Uh, I remember in one of my classes a while back, they talked about how important it is to study fiction, mm, the fiction yeah, stories yeah. Of, a, of, a, of a population or a society. Yeah. And so you think about uh, the stories that have been so meaningful. I mean, like you have the Lord of the Rings and, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia and even modern day, the stories of like Harry Potter yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And so even if you don't agree with a lot of the pieces of Harry Potter... Yeah. It's absolutely true that what draws the hearts of us to that story is there is a guy who is sacrificing everything right. for friendships that he is giving everything to, and they're yes. giving all of their commitment and friendship to him. And then in the end, he even gives up all the power that mm. it might bring, you know, balance right. and love to the world. I mean, like right. those those key parts of that story that really touch our heart deepest are often the purging, sacrifice, right. giving up. Um, and yeah. so when we talk about experiencing love, we do not merely mean the fun, good feeling, though right. it can include that and yeah. should in its ultimate yeah. fulfillment. Yeah. We are talking about when we embrace the reality that our truest story is the story of Christ. Yeah. And the truest version of love that touches our heart is deep um, love and 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 mm-hmm. and uh, giving of ourselves and selflessness yes. i mean yeah. those are the stories that touch our heart deepest yeah. and so to experience love is to participate in versions of the story of jesus right right so it would be fair to say like when you're trying to identify what love is and what the experience is we're looking for a very deep fulfillment of yeah. identifying with jesus yes. acting like god that's right you know in giving like that's we're right. we're yeah, we're looking for that. That's right. Um, you know, like one of the ways that I've done it with my kids is uh, you know, love is doing good unto another independent of their ability to reciprocate is the way I taught my yeah, kids it, yeah. which is probably it's a little good. much. But the idea behind it is um, when you really do sacrifice of yourself and you right. really you really do want 
the good for another. Yes. And, um, you know, when we embody that heart nature of Jesus to the best of our ability, it is unbelievably rewarding. Yes. And, uh, and so I, I, I think you're right to experience love. I, I, the way I would say it is to experience love is to participate in the story of Jesus. Yeah. And it. It, and it will be deeply fulfilling. That's right. It is. It, that's right. It is. It is. It is both a purging yes. at times yep. and a filling at yes. times. Yep. And then I guess it's good to circle back around to the reality that all of this culminates with us in heaven. Right. Yeah. Right. So the end story of us pursuing, you know, the vert that like the, yeah. the narrative of Jesus in all yeah. of our daily lives and yeah. rhythms. So be Jesus with my neighbor, be right. Jesus with my right. children, be Jesus with. Yeah when we extrapolate that out to the ultimate end is all of our appetites, all mm-hmm. of our longings being perfectly matched yes. in heaven. Yeah. So there, it, it is Christian love does culminate in yes. perfect fulfillment. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, the context, it helps me to remember the context of our lives as Christians, like the Christians believe that God is actually ordering our joys and ordering our pains. Yeah. So he is giving them to us. Yeah. You know, and he is actually in charge of that. Yeah. So when love is very fulfilling in a way that we recognize is exciting or fun, yeah. thank you, God. Thank you for that wonderful gift. Yeah. And when it is fulfilling in a way that we recognize is maybe painful, yeah. but we know we're doing what's right, you know, Thank you, God, that you are with me in this and you help me. He orders those things. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Because Lewis is right, too. We are far too easily pleased. Yeah. It, we are trying to satisfy our hungers with things that actually are going to just make us more empty. And Yes. Yeah. So we got to trust him. We <laughs> have to trust the Lord. Yeah. yeah. In the end. That's good. That's, that's good. good. So cool. what does it look like to feel... Uh, to look at and feel and experience love. Well, we will talk about this more in the weeks to come yeah. in the sermons. Uh, but initially, I would say at times it could be purging, At times it could be a filling. It is, you know, wanting to see the potential of Christ and people right. and the world around right. you and working to make that happen in them. I mean, yeah. to experience love is to participate in the narrative of Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think is is good. That's good. Okay. Should we good? Keep going. That's on? good. Let's keep going. Number two. All right. What does it look like to love yourself well? Mm. And maybe the first thing is just ask the question: What does culture say? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to start these. I think. What does culture say? Yeah. The, like if you scroll on Facebook for a couple minutes, yeah. chances are you're going to see a meme about self love or self care. That's kind of a a buzz topic in the world that we live in, and yeah, what's really tough is like it is hard to parse that because sometimes when people are talking about self-care it's like super appropriate it's like you need to sleep you know you need to be um yeah eating well and and exercising just things that are like kind of normal life stuff but sometimes when people talk about self-care it's like uh get away from toxic people and everybody who causes you discomfort and if you don't like this leave it uh surround yourself with blank people you know, and so sometimes it seems like eh, I don't know if this is self care. It seems kind of selfish. So yeah. how do you distinguish that? Uh, well, I mean, I guess the one of the first things that pops in my mind is humans are really bad at balance, mm. even in philosophical perspectives, right? So it's like 
uh, one group out there says that, you know, you never think about yourself or your right. needs or your own health. Yeah. You know, and so I'm going to b- abandon all of that, yeah. literally like burn myself out. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, die an emotional, tired, exhausted. Yeah. I have to be in pain all the time. And that's what God wants. Which yeah. It's is like, like asceticism to the point where yeah. it's no longer, you know, but that said, again, because we're bad at balance or the other, the other side says be self-obsessed. Yeah. Where like every little thing that makes me feel a little bit off, I have to stop all of what I'm doing. Yes. You know, take emotional days for anything that bothers me at all and try to run down every part of me that doesn't feel quite right. Yeah. Um, And so like the the truth is uh, an unhealthy, you know, self-masochistic version of asceticism, like I'm going to hurt myself and cause pain and never be. Yeah. God doesn't want us to be in pain. That's yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, And on the same hand, the other swing of the pendulum of self-obsession, neither of those honors the Lord. And the truth is the enemy through history has pushed Christians into either camp. Yeah. Right. So there are times in history where, I mean, the enemy worked to manipulate the interpretation uh, to the point where, I mean, they're cutting themselves. Yeah, and, throw, uh, there's church fathers who like threw themselves into thorn bushes, you know, because they felt bad for different things. And right, yeah, which is that's not like, and I don't even know the right words to use because I'm thinking of even what I just said. God doesn't want us to feel pain. That could easily be used to like uh, misinterpreted. Right, that there are never circumstances God puts us in where we may have to go through pain in order for a greater good. That's right. Because that's true. There are circumstances like that, but God doesn't like enjoy us in pain. We, we See, again, we, we forget the big picture, which is uh, pain is not the good. Right. Though sometimes painful things can lead us to yes. what is the good. Yes. And it's hard to like- Distinguish even, that. Yeah. Or say it right. It's hard to think yeah. about that because some people will use that as an example to say like, God likes it when we suffer. And it's yeah. like, no. You're missing the point. God loves people that are willing to suffer for others, mm. but the the actual pain and abuse of others is not the win. Yeah, no. That's not what God wants. And that is a result of a fallen world. Right. And so like when... Um, when uh, when a young mother who has a child that's really sick is up all night taking mm. care of her baby, God looks at that and it's good yes. that the mother does that's that. That's beautiful. But being sick and throwing up all night is not good. No. And it's not the result of the grace of God. It's the result of a fallen world. Right. And so uh, we have to we have to remember that we are pursuing the good. Yeah. And that. You know, that that false view of asceticism, yeah. you know, or self-masking, yeah. there's lots of, that's not exactly right, but that yeah. it's it's misinterpreted. Yeah. And when you say the good, I think you're saying ultimate good. That's right. Like, that's what you're meaning. The, we're pursuing ultimate good. That's right. Um, yeah. A, a big picture of what is good. That's right. Yeah. And maybe the context of that is like, we have to know that God is a loving, good yeah. father. Like he yeah. is one of his, you know, primary names for us through Jesus is father. So yeah. we know he, he wants what is good for us, ultimate good. That's right. And so again, if you're working the map backwards, the ultimate end perfection for humanity is not a monk in a thorn bush. Right. The ultimate end perfection of humanity is heaven. Yeah. It is literally the, I mean, the, the metaphor in scripture is, 
it's the it's it's sex the night of the wedding is the metaphor right, in scripture right yeah. like i mean something you've been really looking forward to something yeah. that god designed to be really pleasurable yeah. like our ultimate heaven desire fulfilled it's desire fulfilled yeah. so the ultimate end win is not us in a thorn bush yeah. now that said I'm using thorn bushes yeah, as a metaphor yeah. now. You might find people or a loved one that's in a thorn bush and you get all cut up trying to reach yes. and pull them out. And that is good. Yeah. But it's in pursuit of what is ultimately yes. good for you and for others. Okay, yeah. Now that we've kind of set some meta context, can we drill down further on like what what is self-care look like with that in mind? Yeah. I think self-care, uh, self-care is us doing our very best to become uh, bringers of the kingdom of God into this world. Mm-hmm. So like there are times that we will be able to bring the kingdom of God into this world best when we break away, yeah. breathe deep, get a lot right. of rest and recalibrate. Yeah. And we see examples of that in Jesus. There are moments where he's um, away from the crowd. He's taking time to be with the Father. And I do think it's it's good to distinguish there what rest means. Yeah, keep we going. talk about that in our accountability group a lot yeah. is like sometimes we say rest, but what we mean is numb. Yeah. So like, I'm like, I need to rest by watching eight hours of Netflix. And at this point in our accountability group, we're like, yeah, we know that's not rest. (laughs) You're not actually being filled, you know, and refreshed. You're doing something that enables you to just be kind of numb or shut down. So like real true, I'm going to go away to be with the father. I'm going to go away to enjoy creation, to do something that is soul filling. Yeah. We need that as That's humans. That's right. That's right. And like, and so the ultimate good is not a monk in a thorn bush, and the ultimate good is not us away from everybody. Yeah. And ignoring anything that could be hard. Yeah. Those are neither of those are the ultimate goods. The right. ultimate good is uh, my capacity to bring the kingdom of God into this. Trying to do that. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to get alone with the Lord. I'm going to go seek out. Uh, yeah. You know, if I've got mental health stuff that needs worked yeah. on, or you know, anger from the past, or uh, sin issues, or mm-hmm. addictions, I want to work on them so yeah. I can be- become a bringer of the yes. kingdom of God into this world. Yeah. Uh, but on the same hand, there might be moments in your life where. Uh, to bring the kingdom of God into this world, it's going to cost you sleep and right. cost you right. pleasure and cost right. you these things. And so, um, man, the ultimate, of course, is Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. But the end game for Christ on the cross was the salvation of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what's hard in answering this question is there's going to be people listening who are probably prone to hyperactivity or believing that it's in their hands to fix everything. Yeah. And so for them, it's like the practice even of Sabbath and rest and saying, God, while I rest and while I sleep, you are still working and, and it's not all on me to fix right. everything and to save the world. It's on you. Yeah. But then there's also people who are probably prone to numbing and passivity and wanting to push away difficulty. Right. And for them, like learning that we have a part to play in That's God's right. story and, and bringing redemption. Right. And this is true. I mean, like I even think of friends of mine over the years. I, I have some friends like with work, um, one in particular from high school, love him to death. Uh, hopefully he won't be able to, if he listens to this, he won't know. I guess <laughs> I got to keep it broad enough. <laughs> right. But like, I mean, he, like his job descriptions, he's been through a lot of jobs. Yeah. So like his job descriptions, it's like, uh, this isn't my job description. And if it's not my job description, I won't participate at all. Right. Right. Like that's protecting myself. Right. I have another friend who it's the opposite. It's like, they're going to say yes to any, I mean, they'll early, late, yes to every, and right. they're yes to everything to the point where they're 
going from job to job to job because they're burning out. Right. Right. And the reality is neither of them have this figured out right. Right. You know, one of them that like nothing's my responsibility and I don't care, whatever. Yeah. That's not the right heart. Right. But on the same hand, the heart that's like everything's my responsibility. Yeah. And if I don't do isn't the right. Yeah. Isn't the right heart either. Yeah. And so I think this, the reality is what does it look like to love yourself? Well, the truth is not only are you able to bring the kingdom of God into this world, mm. but are you allowing others to bring the kingdom of God into your world? Mm, that's good. And uh, yeah. they, they both matter. And yeah. if you are inhibiting others by yeah. participating because you have to do it all and it's all on yeah. you, um, or you are, yeah, or you or you yeah. just refuse to participate, however you yeah. You land in this. So I really think in all honesty, what does it look like to love yourself well? Um, I think it's just going to take wisdom and balance. And it's not yeah. always going to look the same every day. Yeah. But the common factor is going to be ushering the kingdom of God into this world. Yes. yeah, Through you or into you. That's right. Yep. And that definitely includes maybe another short answer of this is like, we all need times to just sit in the presence of God and allow him to pour into us yeah. who we are, remind yeah. us who we are, and remember that we are loved. Like as we do that, as we sit in God's presence, you know, in community for sure, in worship services, but also just in personal devotion times. Like oh, yeah. I had a mentor, she, I don't know how true this is, but I kind of liked it. So just take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. But she used to say like, give God the first of your time yeah. so that you can the rest of your day spread that peace. Yeah. And I love that because it's like, as you get up early or, or whatever, and you're sitting in God's presence and receiving his love, you yeah. are enabled to give it. Yeah. So that is an important piece. With, with this, um, there is, because life is complex and we hit different seasons. And, um, I think of a, a wonderful couple in our church where they've been taking care of their parents in their latter days of life yeah. and lots of long nights, lots mm-hmm. of tiring moments, lots of, um, those seasons come. Yes. Those seasons come. And then the seasons come where you're able to sit on a beach for a week and yes. those seasons come too. Yeah. And so instead of thinking of all of these, whether it's experiencing love or loving right. yourself well, as like trying to find the perfect pace for the marathon of life. That's right. It's a series of sprints. It's yeah. going to be sprint, rest, sprint, rest, yes. sprint, rest. I think that's way more as it actually plays yeah. out. And that's Jesus. I mean, that's a lot of his ministry and 40 days in the wilderness. You know, he has different seasons where he's ministering. Like, on, I think of when his John is killed, his friend, you know, yeah. his cousin. And he is like that's sad. Right. And then he ministers and then he goes away. But it's like, man, he's dealing with grief. He is. Yeah. And it's okay to do that. Yeah. You know, uh, and then I think too, one thing that my, my mom said growing up, she's wonderful. Uh, retired counselor and psychology professor. Uh, but she used to always say, hey, we've got tools to measure some of this <laughs> stuff. So she would say things like, uh, ask, you know, what about, is the fruit of the spirit being represented here? That's good. So in my over-engaging, mm. is it really producing the fruit of the spirit? Right. You know, in my under-engaging, yeah. is it really producing, in my self-sacrifice, That's great. is the fruit of the spirit being produced? Yeah. Um, in my, cause really in all honesty, for some people that are over engagers yeah. to have the fruit of the spirit really be present, yeah. you need to step away. Yeah. I've heard people say, just learn the phrase, like, I can't be my best self right now. Like, give me a minute or whatever. Things like that. That's okay. If you're over engaging yeah. and you need to take a second to become more peaceful and loving, that's, yeah. that's fine. It's all part of the process and acknowledging the complexity of life and seasons. Um, I know as a parent with five kids, I've definitely had nights where, multiple kids are sick and throwing up yeah. and you're just, you know, going and going and going. Yeah. And then in my home, 
when somebody does get like the stomach bug, it takes days for it to work through the whole family. So, uh, you know, my wife and I are cleaning up stuff (laughs) night after (laughs) night after night. And then, um, and I, and I've had moments where I'm super tired. It's 3am. It's night number three, the third kid that's sick and you're changing a diaper and cleaning up a mess. And while you're doing it, they put their finger in your mouth as you're trying and you're like, no. And then, you know, a few hours later, you're now sick. And And uh, and the reality is, I'm not my best self in that moment. Right. But without a doubt, I know in my heart I'm pursuing the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. I'm trying yes. to. Yeah. And then I just pray, God, give me reprieve that I might yeah. find that quiet place yeah. and let the sprint tarry, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And so that I might find a spot to to breathe deep. And so I think with the loving yourself well, number one. Yeah. If you are imagining that there's going to be some perfect marathon pace that you'll find and yeah. it's just going to work throughout all of life, I don't think that's realistic. <laughs> yeah. um, but you are always going to be trying to pursue, yes. you know, the the presence of the fruit of the spirit yes. and sprint, rest. Yes. And, and praise God, like he doesn't leave us alone to figure that out. Yeah. Like he is with us as a counselor to help us see what yeah. we need to see to help us like do what we need to do. Right. And that's brilliant, Josh. Like even including the little piece, uh, you are not supposed to figure this out alone. Yeah, no, we don't have to. Right. And we, we have the word of God. Yes. We have Christian community. Yes. We have great counselors. Yes. We have great like Yeah, and God's spirit is working in those places. All of those things too. Yeah. That's so right. In community and counseling in his word, his spirit is like alive to do things in us. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, other things. Do we do we think we it sounds good okay. to me. Okay, good. <laughs> and we can circle back around to these. We could talk forever, honestly. On some of this we stuff. I love this stuff. I do too. Okay, so the, the last question here for today, and I think we've captured some of the ideas, uh, the big ideas from yeah. Sunday uh, that, that have come to us. The last question is, how do you love someone who isn't living a life you approve of? Mm. Uh, this could be uh, th- one of the questions, Way one of the ones had it worded a, a very specific way, but it could be, uh, like a, a child, like an adult right. child that's running from the Lord. What does it look like to love them right. well? Um, it could be a friend. Right. Uh, what does it look like to love somebody well who is not living a life you approve of? Right. The first thing I think of is we're not saying what does it look to derive a lot of excitement and a dopamine rush from right. this person who's not following the Lord. Like, right. So we're not saying that kind of love. You, you may not you know, right. be able to do that. Right. Um, but we're saying, what does it look like to, yeah, godly love, like right. to right. Um, offer what is good? Yeah, that's right. Pursuing. Uh, so we, you really have to nail down what is good for the person first. Right. So uh, like it, what is ultimately good for the individual. I mean, and I, mm. I really mean this. Sometimes you really do, especially if you're long-term relationship with somebody that's really antagonistic to you and the gospel and it's right. difficult. I would encourage you to sit down, grab a piece of paper and, you know, write down their name of your adult child or whatever it is. And just in a sentence or two, as pure as you can before the Lord, Mm -hmm. what is the best good that could happen to them? Right. And then even ask other Christian brothers and sisters that love you Mm -hmm. and love the Lord a ton and know this individual, man, help me work this through. What is the best good that could happen to them? Uh, And you have to work back from there. Yes. And, uh, and so go ahead. I was going to say like, just as a, you know, formation person in my mind, I'm like, I don't think you can discover that without prayer yeah. and presence with God, because in prayer, 
this is why we pray for our enemies. Like he reveals to us his love for that person. Yeah. And he helps us to see what the ultimate good for them would be. God's spirit does that. So as we pray for the person that, you know, isn't following him, we're getting vision from God for For what their life could look like and and praying for them. And having other people, a pastor, uh, other Christian leaders speak into that, the good for the person is really important because especially in those long-term relationships, it's very easy to, depending on your personality, land at a spot where you write out a the good, mm-hmm. you know, a the good for the person. Ultimate good. Ultimate yes. good for the person. That's a better way to say it. Uh, you know, that, that doesn't actually align with scripture. And right. so you yeah. want to make sure that you center your heart and right. mind and you are praying for what really is best for them. Yeah, we all have blind spots. We have, uh, they would call it emotional distortion. Yeah. You know, in a lot of prayer counseling is we might be distorted in our view because we really want something for someone else. That's right. And God may or may not want that for that person. That's so right. yeah, counsel, that's, that's the important counsel, prayer. Man, a great example of this is years ago, uh, I had an individual come into my, this is when I lived in Dallas still, an individual come into my office and um, they were, had been, so it was a young adult and they, somebody had been praying for them, praying right. for them, praying for them. And this person came in to meet me, which was good. It's like a mm-hmm. good first step. And they were really struggling with depression. Mm-hmm. And the prayer is like, man, help him to get out of depression, help yeah. him not battle with depression. And as I'm talking with this person, dude, he is currently having an affair. Right. He is current, like his life is a train wreck. Right. And, uh, and so... I don't want depression for him. That's right. bad. Right. But I don't want him to just feel okay about everything that's happening in life. Yes. Yeah. It, it reminds me of like fear. There are things we should be afraid of. Right. And like we should experience fear when we're about to do something that is, you know, dangerous or, or bad. It's It can be the same right. with different types of depression or anxiety. Like if you're moving in a direction that is actually really bad you you may experience that right that's right and so his decisions the you know so the infidelity or drug use or all the way down he made all these decisions that have led him to a place where he now feels depressed right depression is uh it is symptom not cause Mm-hmm. Right. So I, we do want to deal with the symptom of depression in this. Right. Um, now it, there may be some depression cause on the front end too. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's complex. It's yeah. complex. It is complex. Uh, but man, we need to really clarify. So even with this individual, you know, it's like, okay, now let's sit down. I want to pray. I want to pray that right. you're rescued from depression right. for sure. But yes. I want that for yeah. you. But before we even pray for that specifically, yeah. let's agree upon what is the ultimate outcome for you. Right. Yeah. What is the ultimate outcome yeah. with drugs, mm-hmm. with your, you know, your infidelity and the yeah. breaking part of the marriage right. and the family? What right. is the ultimate good for yeah. you? And so, um, man, being a person who loves someone who is lost mm-hmm. or being a lost person who is feels lost and is trying to find your way, right. get with good Christian community. We're talking to Christians here yeah. from a Christian perspective, yeah. getting good Christian community and clarify what is the ultimate good that you're pursuing. Right. And you want to begin to work from that, from that yeah. place. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Just another practical piece I would put in. So we're answering the question, like back to the... Back to what do you do? Real specifics. What do you do? Um, I think as you pray for the person, um, I really believe God does things he wouldn't have done if we hadn't asked when we pray. Yeah. So as you pray for a person, part of what you're doing is then looking for doors that God may open. 
Yeah. So looking for like ordained moments where a conversation happens or where a meeting happens, where something happens and the Holy Spirit even guides you and, and speaks to your heart like, say something. Yeah. And as you kind of just open your eye to that and trust God and pray for that, there might be opportunities for right. you to engage. That's right. Man, and I I love that, Josh. Like, especially in some of those long-term complex ones, parent to a right. child, adult child or whatever, yeah. um, asking, you have, a, you have a clear definition of what the win is for them. Yeah asking other people to come along and pray, mm-hmm. you know, that God would open their heart. The yeah. old uh, holiness traveling preachers used to call it, uh, they'd pray for the hounds of heaven to yes. run people down, right? Yeah. So we're going to, God, you do whatever it takes. Yeah. It's one of the scariest prayers ever, yeah. right? But you do whatever it takes. I mean, I want this child to find you or to be right. broken free from or right. whatever. And so we're praying uh, and yeah. you're having other people pray with you, your small group, yes. your accountability group, your church yes. family. Um, our church that listens to this, write it on a prayer card. Yes. You know, our staff wants to pray with yep. you um, that God would intervene in a strong way. And then I think you're right. Then it's like not just praying for them, but praying that God would open your eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, help me see those moments yes. um, yeah. and prod my heart and know when to push and yes. when not to. Yeah, and sometimes we will miss one of those. Like we'll try to create an action plan without consulting God's spirit and getting his wisdom and asking him to open doors, or we'll just pray and not be willing to engage. So both of those together, yes. prayer and action move together. They do. And what is, what's really cool is when we pray, like God actually does, you know, yeah. open doors and yeah. soften hearts. He does um, move. That's right. Uh, and with the individual on the receiving end, expect them, they're, they're struggling right. with sin, Expect yeah. them to not receive it well always. Yes, like right. it, it, it's awesome when it's a home run and it goes exactly yeah. as, as yeah. you had hoped, but it's not always that way. It's often yes. not. Yeah, and it requires massive patience. I remember the story of Augustine's mother who prayed yeah. for him for like nine years. Augustine yeah. was like antagonistic towards Christianity, and uh, his mother, you know, believed God for him and prayed and prayed and prayed. And basically, when he was converted and became a father of the faith. Like uh, he yeah. called himself a son of his mother's tears <sighs> because she, you know, didn't give up on him. That's so good. And uh, and so expect it to be God for such a time of this yeah. as this may have put this person in your life yeah. to war on their behalf. Yeah. Not for a week. Yeah. Maybe for years. Yeah. And so seize that, that yeah. divine praying for the yeah. kingdom to come yeah. in somebody's life. And it's just tough. Yes. Dude, it is tough, and it's long, and it's complicated, and you will get it wrong. Yes, and but there is nothing that someone can do to defend against prayers. Yeah. You know, there's <laughs> right. nothing that they can do. That's you right. can engage in prayer and know that God is acting um, yeah. on their behalf. The, uh, the, other, the other thing I would say at a tactical level is uh, most people, they can answer one of these questions, but not both, and you need to answer both. Uh, do they know that you love them? Mm. Do they know that you love them? And do they know the truth? Mm-hmm. And those should coexist. Right. So for some of you, you're really good at making sure they know the truth, but they yeah. don't know that you love them. Yeah. For some of you, you're really good at, you know, saying I care about you and you yeah. matter, but they don't know they don't yeah. know the truth. Yeah. And so the reality is you are looking for opportunities to share that you love them yes. and you're looking and praying for opportunities to share the truth Yes, for both. Yes. Not one or for yeah, both. That's wonderful. And, and how you do that is going to 
um, be influenced by Christian community, by getting counsel and by praying. Like those are going to be ways that, you know, you find wisdom and how to love and how to share truth. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, there's our three questions. Hopefully Let's we go. I thought they were good. Okay, uh, hopefully that covers uh, most of the thoughts. If we really, if there's somebody out there that has something they feel like, man, you did not hit it at all, uh, just write on the next steps card, yeah. and again, we'll try our best to to get to at least the big ideas yeah. from questions that come our way. Um, man, we love you. Thank you so much for being a part of the Made for More podcast on the Ask. Pastor Mike and Josh (laughs) segment here. Um, And we're going to keep doing our best to do this. We love you guys. Hope you have a great week. Make sure to join us uh, in countertrinity.com. You can see us either online or meet with us live in a service and continue this conversation as we learn and grow together. Love you guys. Hope you have a great week.